Well, hello and welcome to the Brian Hornback Podcast. This is episode 37. 37. And this is um, right up on here on the July 4th holiday. Uh, this is being recorded on uh, July the 2nd. Uh, the Farragut uh, 4th of July parade is tomorrow, July the 3rd. July 4th is on Sunday this year in 2021. And the recognized holiday is Monday. So those of you that are listening to this in, in as close to real time as possible, um, great. Uh, we, uh, that means that you've uh, probably got at least a three-day, potentially a four-day weekend with Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, those of you that have a three-day weekend, fantastic. Those of you that only have a um, two-day weekend, uh, well, it's better than no weekend at all, right? Anyway, a lot of things happening in Knoxville and Knox County um, and in Tennessee, for that matter, uh, this week. Uh, the Knox County Commission met uh, on Monday uh, in their official J- uh, June meeting, and uh, they uh, passed a civility code, um, and uh, that means that everybody has to play nice. Uh, I don't know that it's going to I don't know that it's going to help. Uh, I think that the commissioners will probably play nice. Uh, I think uh, some of the citizens may play nice. Uh, But again, this whole political correctness stuff um, is really just getting out of hand. I mean, at some point you have a First Amendment right uh, to uh, address and redress your government. And when you believe that, that your government is acting irresponsibly or not uh, acting in, in, in the best interest that you believe that they should, or when they're ignoring you, um, at some point you need to be able to get their attention. And sometimes getting their attention requires not being civil. Uh, I'm not saying that everybody ought to go out and act like rogue, um, individuals uh and uh, threaten or attack uh public officials not for that at all um but i think that as long as someone is speaking um whether it's in a form of aggression um i don't really see a lot of problem with it um now um if they start voicing threats um, that can go to a whole nother level. And, and I'm not talking about threats of we're going to vote you out of office. I'm talking about physical bodily uh, injury threats. Uh, that uh, I haven't seen that um, happen in Knoxville um, or Knox County. But um, anyway, they passed the civility code. Uh, the merit council uh, changes that uh, Commissioner Jay wanted to implement uh, have been put they're going to have a workshop on July the 15th. That's um, basically in about two weeks. Um, he, uh, they also, uh, he was wanting to make a rule change that said that the commission chairman would uh, control the um, uh, office of the merit council. Uh, that got stripped out of the uh, rules. Uh, and so that too will be discussed on July 15th. So that's going to be a real interesting meeting. Uh, on July the 15th, um, just to see how all that happens. So far, um, like on the rules change, 
uh, it was a um, there was only three members that voted for the for keeping it in, um, and so there were um, there were I guess seven that voted for it uh, because one was absent. Uh, Commissioner Terry Hill uh, was absent from Monday's meeting, um, so that was going on. Uh, then on Tuesday, the um, the city council uh, met uh, to talk about the KUB broadband, which I've talked about a few times on the podcast and have covered on the website. Um, that was um, that was an interesting meeting. They started at seven thirty four. They took about a five minute meeting in the middle of all that, uh, and uh, ultimately made a decision sometime around eleven o'clock at night. Uh, they had about a hundred people in attendance at that uh, city council meeting. That. Predominantly, most of them were in favor of broadband because they had some beef with Comcast. Interestingly enough, um, it really just became an issue of Comcast. I think uh, KUB uh, uh, probably through their um, through their uh, PR agent, their influence peddler, Moxley Carmichael, probably had uh, identified Com- uh, Comcast as being the the uh, the one entity, the one corporate citizen. Uh, that people had a major beef with. Uh, and it's probably because in that area uh, where KUB is on the electric grid, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that Comcast is, is more predominant in that grid. And that grid is basically from Knoxville east into Union County, Granger County, Sevier County, a little bit of Jeff County, maybe back into Knox. Uh, so I'm assuming that Comcast is predominant player there because that's why more people would be upset with them. Um, than say AT&T or the nine other providers that are in the Knoxville area. Uh, so it really became an issue of uh, Comcast versus the world. Uh, I'm not a Comcast customer. Uh, I have been in the past, um, but um, I have fiber, high-speed internet, so I'm okay. Uh, also, I'm not a KUB customer by electric or water, uh, but um, anyway, um, city council uh, did it. Uh, everybody's kind of hedging their bets that uh, KUB is going to be like EPB out of Chattanooga. Uh, and no one wanted to talk about the municipal broadband up in Bristol, Tennessee, interestingly enough. Um, so uh, we'll see if KUB, um, if KUB can perform like EPB out of Chattanooga. Um, the one thing that I've continued to say to everyone during this whole conversation, interestingly enough, KUB says they've been talking about this for a year, year and a half. Uh, it didn't, it didn't come on any radar, uh, any public radar until February or March. I think the KUB board had their first presentation in March or April. Um, might've, might've briefly mentioned it in March, had a meeting, uh, had a board meeting in April, had a, um, had a um, public hearing, two public one public hearing in May, one public me- meeting in June, voted on it, and then 12 days later, they rushed it to city council. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Jerry Askew, who's the chairman, this was kind of funny. Um, Jerry Askew, the chairman of the KUB board, um, took great offense to Andrew city councilman Andrew Roberto, who was the one council member uh, that had the courage to ask for a workshop uh, and actually abstained from the vote uh, because he was wanting to delay it for 30 or, or 60 days. But Jerry Askew, um, <clears throat> what was funny was, uh, as 
Andrew Roberto was making a point that, hey, you know, y'all voted on this 12 days ago. Actually, Commission uh, Council Member Lynn Fugit did it as well. But they said that the KUB board had just voted on this 12 days ago, and now it's being rushed to us. Jerry asked you, actually, uh, with a straight face, and I assume he meant it, said that he's the the KUB board is appointed by the mayor of Knoxville and confirmed by city council. So basically his intimation was that because they're appointed by the mayor and the city council, uh, basically the city council should just rubber stamp because they are the board of KUB and they've made the decision. They vetted it. And that was just comical to me. Um, just very comical to me. Um, ask you, I think, uh, I think he's a lawyer. Um, I think he's a certified lawyer or one by training. He's also a, a, um, apparently he's a, he's a, um, also an ordained minister of some sort. And, um, but he also runs a nonprofit, uh, that is the, um, it's a nonprofit that serves nonprofits. Uh, Alliance for Better Nonprofits is what it's called, I believe. Um, and of course, he's on the KUB board too, and he's chairman of the KUB board. Um, has uh, I guess it, 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 the KUB meetings I've been attending for the last uh, two or three months, or either attending or watching, uh, I will say that. Uh, as you all know, obviously, I'm a blogger. I live on the internet. Uh, I put my um, I put brianhornback.com. Obviously, he's on the internet. These podcasts obviously are streaming. Uh, so um, I do any meetings that I can watch online. I do. Um, and so uh, I will say that for um, the two or three months that I have I have paid attention to the KUB board, uh, either online or in person, um, Askew is always wearing a clerical collar. Uh, so I don't know if he's... I don't know if he's Catholic or if he's, I don't know. I don't know what is, I don't know. I don't know what he is. I just know that he is an, he is a minister of some sort. Um, so anyway, getting beyond that uh, again, I was never opposed to KUB, um, getting into the broadband. I just simply felt like that, uh, too many people, uh, were frustrated with Comcast. Uh, they wanted to punish Comcast uh, and, uh, their answer was to run to the government to save them from Comcast. Uh, I just think that's flawed, flawed thought, flawed, flawed, uh, reasoning, but Hey, you know, I'm just a blogger and a, and a podcaster. Um, also, uh, the Knox County school board, uh, had a, um, at, just before the city council met, they had a public meeting, um, over in South Knoxville where they, uh, uh, asked for the public's opinion on how they should spend the 114 million they're getting from Ezra 3.0. Ezra 3.0 is um, is the federal money that uh, is coming to uh, to to uh, to Knox County through Tennessee by way of the federal government. Uh, and so there's buckets that that money can be used in. Uh, I actually went uh, to that meeting with the intent of just taking pictures and you know maybe a soundbite here, a soundbite there, and uh, Given the BrianHornback.com um, readers a flavor, uh, and uh, the survey, uh, there was an online survey uh, that uh, had to be had to be completed before uh, July the first. Uh, so that was um, uh, so I, I put that up on the thirtieth, I think. Um, 
and I know that a couple of folks had already, uh, I know a couple of folks went at the last minute and, and answered that survey, uh, but there's bo- uh, there's pots that that money can go in. It's not $114 million that you can spend however you want to. Uh, and so there, there were some thoughts uh, there um, in, in what I participated in. Basically, there was about 36 people that attended that meeting. Um, so what they did was they had a, they kind of got everybody started in the big group, and then they they peeled people off into three smaller groups, and people kind of talked. and And I was at, I was at a table with uh, Jennifer Owen, the school board uh, school board member from over in the second district, over around Central and Fulton. Uh, and we had a really interesting group of folks. Um, we had a, a couple of three folks from um, Justice Knox, uh, a, a local nonprofit group. We had a, a lady there that's part of a um, part of a group that's trying to help vaccinate uh, with the with the pandemic vaccine. Um, the, those in um, those in the uh, in the hard to reach groups. Um, so. Um, there and then uh, we had a lady there that was um, interested in mental health, and we had another lady there that was interested in the special ed who's been fighting the special ed uh, bureaucrats for a while. My friend Debbie was there. Um, I'm not sure that she really had an opinion one way or the other um, on exactly how the money should be spent. She, I just know that she's been very interested in the schools for a number of years. And then I was there, and you know, it really came to my mind. Um, that you know, as the school system gave these um, these devices, these Chromebooks, put one in every hand from their take home, bring home, bring home, take them back to school every day. Um, it really came to my mind that you know one thing that needs to be done, uh, whether we do it with the 114 million or whether we just put it in the regular budget, uh, is that uh, there should be technology teachers in every school. Uh, and not just technology teachers in every school, but I think there should be a technology teacher. And uh, those of you that are familiar with schools, uh, what an educational assistant is, I think you really ought to have a teacher and a what I would call an educational assistant. But but uh, in this in this era, I would I would call it a, a technology um, service tech, more or less a technology teacher and a service tech in every school. And obviously, the bigger schools probably should have um, probably should have more than two. Probably should have you know you should have two. Uh, it should be in groups of two. It should be um, um, you know two for schools of five hundred or less, and then schools of a thousand uh, should have you know four, and go on and on and on. Uh, and that should really be done from elementary all the way up to high school, in my opinion. Um, because you're putting these devices in kids' hands and some kids, what I told the group is, you know, some kids, uh, single parents, some of them, um, they're working three and four, um, minimum wage jobs. The parents may not have the technology expertise or the time to, um, learn the technology, um, and, and, and may not, you know, and so, just as kids go to um, library once or twice a week, just as they go to music once or twice a week, just as they go to PE once or twice a week, I think that um, this technology teacher and this technology tech um, could offer, you know, a 45-minute class per week for each, each class. Uh, and so build it as an encore. Uh, that's what they call um, guidance and library and, and uh, uh, gym. 
the music is on for. So that was my thought. Um, let me know what you think. You can uh, email me, um, Brian at brianhornback.com. You can check me on Twitter at mega underscore bullhorn. Um, and there's lots of places you can reach me. Um, so let me know what you think about that. Uh, but uh, this is the Brian Hornback podcast. We are, um, we are um, on the web, brianhornback.com. And then, of course, this podcast. This podcast can be heard on all the, most all the streams. Uh, we're hosted on Anchor. We're produced and we're created, produced, and housed on Anchor FM, uh, which is part of Spotify. Uh, but we're also on Apple. We're on um, iHeart. We are on iTunes. Uh, we are just about anywhere that you can find a podcast. Uh, if you if you if you know of a podcast that stream that we're not on uh let me know that and i'll get it on there um we're also on youtube so go check us out on youtube uh it's brianhornback.com or brianhornback on youtube uh check out the page uh subscribe to the page like the page share the page all those good things then on wednesday um the knox county school board then met they had this meet this public meeting on tuesday and then on wednesday they met and uh, really wasn't anything real controversial until we got to the uh, memorandum of agreement or the memorandum of understanding between the Knox County, between the Knoxville Police Department and the Knox County school system. Um, and so that's about providing um, officers in the um, in the city schools. Now, the sheriff uh, doesn't hasn't really said he needs to revisit the um the memorandum of agreement uh and there's an indication from uh, superintendent bob thomas that that's not probably not going to happen uh but there was a lot of discussion there because you know they've talked about it for i don't know a couple months um the mayor uh ken cannon came out in may and said that she was going to pull all the officers out of uh the nice out of the city um uh, Knox, the Knox County schools that are in the city of Knoxville. She's going to pull them all out on June the 12th or 15th. I don't remember now, uh, but that did not happen. And so they have a new memorandum of agreement that has been uh, somewhat modified. I will try to go through the, uh, the old memorandum and the new memorandum. Uh, Law Department uh, attorney Gary Dupler kind of at uh, school board member Daniel Watson's request kind of went through that uh and, and outlined what the changes were there's four or five changes they weren't really significant changes i don't think um but i'll tell you watching that meeting uh it made me realize how tone deaf uh, some folks are um school board member mike mcmillan had uh, said from the beginning that there was only one problem is at austin east and that Evie Satterfield need to have a meeting there in her community and figure out what need to be done. Other people had, had kind of wanted some meetings um, and other people didn't. And then when it came down to this discussion on Wednesday, um, the school board vice chair of Virginia Bam had made a comment about all the time they'd taken to talk about it. And then, and then Patty Bounds from out in Powell kind of, uh, I guess, she ultimately wound up apologizing uh, later, but uh, I guess emotions or, or what uh, got kind of got interesting. And, and she said that um, all this had been a mountain out of a molehill 
uh, which then sparked Evie Satterfield, who represents Austin East, to respond and say that uh, she um, um, she took offense to that because you know in, in her school, one of her schools, Austin East, she felt like KPD had come in and hunted down and, and killed one of the students. Um, and and then of course Patty Bounds then uh, quickly apologized uh, for her for her um, thought. Here's my thought. Um, been a lot of discussion over the last year about mask or not mask um again as i've said before i'm not going to argue mask or not mask um i wear mine when necessary Uh, i had to wear one i've been well i'm not going to tell you that but um i was at a location yesterday and they asked me to put one on so i went back out to my car got one and put it on i mean you know i understand uh folks that have issues or have thoughts about um, constitutional rights um, and that kind of thing. And I, I understand that, okay? It's just, of all the things I fight about or argue about, that's just not going to be one of them. Um, but, um, you know, it's just, um, I still believe, I believe I said this earlier uh, on a podcast, I really believe that uh, at the, at the, at the, at the death of Anthony Thompson Jr., that uh, the city saw what was happening in East Knoxville. They anticipated a major anti-police attitude, uh, and that that still exists in East Knoxville. Don't don't think that's gone away. It's not. Um, but I think it was a, a calculated political um, effort to say we're going to pull the police out of the schools because they anticipated what the pro-law enforcement people would do. Um, and that was demand that, 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 they, that the officers be put back into the, the schools. And so I thought, I've thought all along that this was really just more or less a bargaining chip. Uh, I could be wrong. If I am, I'm wrong. No big deal. Uh, no crime, no foul. Um, but I really thought that it was a calculated risk on the city's part to say, we're going to pull officers out because they knew that uh, Knoxville being pro-law enforcement would, 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 you know, would do what they did and that the public opinion would be on the favor of having police officers in the school and that they would come back with an agreement. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so, you know, again, that's my perspective from somebody that's, that's watched, uh, local government around here for, since 1982. Um, and so, um, you know, ultimately they have an agreement. Uh, I think the Knox County school system should still have, um, some public input sessions. Chair Susan Horn, uh, basically said that if you feel so compelled that you need to have a public input session, then, uh, you know, that's up to the school board member to do the, to have that and pass that information along to the superintendent. You know, again, that's, uh, that's Susan Horn acquiescing to the Mike McMillan thought. Uh, and, and, you know, I just believe that, um, there should be more of a systematic approach, uh, just like we did. I mean, I was active, uh, in the, um, in the school system as a parent, 
uh, in 99 after Columbine. And uh, there were systematic um, meetings in 99. Uh, and that was in regards to something that happened in Colorado, not in Knoxville, Tennessee. So uh, that's my take on it. Uh, so I think they're going to try to get the sheriff to either agree. They, they would like to have one MOA instead of two. They have one with the police department now and one with the sheriff's department. I think they'd like to get the sheriff to uh, potentially uh, make the same changes KPD did. We'll see if that happens or not. And there's a lot of stuff coming out on the sheriff uh, sheriff's department right now. So we'll see how all that goes. But, man, we've got right up to 25 minutes here on this podcast. So uh, I hope you all have a great um Hope y'all have a great 4th of July. I will be in the Farragut 4th of July parade tomorrow. Um, and so if you're in the Farragut area, great. Come by, come on out, uh, line up. The parade kicks off at 930. Uh, there's about, I think there's about 90 uh, entrance. Uh, so it's a pretty long parade. Uh, goes from uh, Farragut High School Stadium Drive there in front of the old Kroger all the way up to the Ingalls um, grocery store. So come on out if you're in the area. Uh, if you're hearing this after July 4th, I'm sorry. Uh, you missed a great parade. Uh, but um, there'll be pictures and, and uh, probably some videos on uh, brianhornback.com. And uh, who knows? We might have another podcast uh, this weekend. Uh, trying to trying to get into a regular routine on this thing. But um, anyway, again, uh, let's remember that it, it was uh, July 4th is – is when our country was created. We got the greatest country in the world because we got freedom of speech. We got freedom of religion. You can go to whatever church you want to go to. You can go to whatever synagogue you want to go to. Uh, we got freedom of the press. So hey, it's uh, it's it's a great country. It's the it's the best in the best in the universe. And uh, thank you for listening to the Brian Hornback podcast. Check us out at brianhornback.com. And y'all have a great day.